Welcome to Texing, Stardate 370. I am Justin Vincent, captain of this ship, and my color man on the left is Jason Roberts. <laughs> now, the reason, the reason why I mentioned Stardate 370 is I just watched this, uh, this uh, uh, I guess, a documentary about Spock, for the love of Spock. Mm-hmm. And he, Leonard Nimoy, he was, a, he, was a, he was a cool guy. You, just, you didn't say captain's log, though. You just oh, say, I Captain's, Captain's Log, Stardate. That's, That's right. Yeah. Unforgivable error. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Do you watch, but I never really think of you as a Trekkie. I mean, do you even watch it? Uh, I only watched the original series when I was little. I mean, okay. I, I watched the Captain Kirk. I thought the new generation stuff sucked. I thought it was really like, um, kind of, nobody had any personality and it was really flat and kind of. I mean, you you are the archetype of Kirk. Jim, aren't you? I mean, you I like Kirk. Kirk is my kind of guy. Yeah, I like Kirk. He's like, you know, which green alien female was he going to hook up with next? I was like, I, you know, it was really, that. it was funny. Um, like, uh, Spock was so was was like by far and away the most popular character on the show, and um, he was got he? all the fan mail. He was, yeah, he even he, more they, than Kirk. More, but they got yes, more than Kirk, and and it was it was a little bone of contention, and mm. and Gene Roddenberry had to have a little chat with Kirk and sort of say, look. William if, Shatner, you, you mean? If, if, yeah, with Shatner, yeah. If, it's like, when, when, when Spock's big and famous and he gets truckloads of fan mail, that means the show's famous and that means you're famous. And, and Shatner's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And Massage <laughs> Amigos. I like Bones as well. Bones is yeah. good. I mean, they were all good. Chekhov, Sulu, Lieutenant, you know, um, Ahura. I mean, they were all good. Well, it was like these three, um, it was like... Okay, so Kirk was almost in the middle. Spock was just pure logic and sort of sensibility on the one shoulder. And then Bones was just super emotional on the other side. He was always annoyed. He was <laughs> cranky. He was he like, was... why are you listening to this crazy Vulcan? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I could, I, yeah, that guy was good. And then he got to the new generation and nobody had any personality. And it was like everybody was, it was like very politically correct. And nobody could, you know, everybody spoke with no emotion. It was very flat. I thought it was just. Well, you'd not... like, um, you'd like the Captain Pike, the new one. I mean, it's really good. It gets uh, like 99% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Mm. Shit, I've got to stop saying tomatoes. Tomatoes. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's called Strange New Worlds. It's okay. uh, it's it's basically the same as the original show. It's, it's much more along like that. It's, it isn't about having one big story arc across the season. Every show is its own little thing. And okay. the guy is just totally... Like, he's, he's like... In fact, it's taken because Star, Star Trek originally aired. They had their first pilot with this Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. And it didn't it didn't get taken up. Yeah, the pilot. Yeah, you're the guy who was there with the big brain, the big brain guys. Yeah, right. Them and I, yeah, that guy was he was there with the pilot. That was a good episode. Well, no, but what I, I, I mean is guy. like when when he was pitching when Gene Roddenberry was pitching Star Trek first time around, he made a pilot. He took. Yeah, I know he, that's and, what I'm talking about. That, and he I took know the that, episode. That that's that very first episode, which yeah. did which which they didn't pick up. They basically said no. This is too cerebral. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they had then, the guy, the darker haired captain. 
That's it, yeah. And they okay. had the big, those big brain aliens. <laughs> okay. Remember those yeah. guys? I don't remember them, no. Oh, come on. Um, yeah, well, I used to watch this stuff when I was like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, come on on like Saturday night around six or seven o'clock. I used to watch that all the time. It was good did, stuff. Did you ever, did it inspire you to do anything or is it always just entertainment? Uh, well, I always like science fiction stuff, right? I like Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars came out in like 77. I was like seven years old. I think mm-hmm. I coincidentally saw it seven times. So <laughs> I still remember, um, I use, I, I've, I've probably, I've used this, uh, and, you know, as an analogy on the show. Um, but I remember, um, I'd watch those at Star Wars, Star Trek. Another big one was, um, Space 1999. Yeah, that I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I watched that on, um, was that with Dibby Dibby Dibby? No, that was Buck Rogers. Sorry, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. on. I'm so, trying to. I'm so trying to remember. Ninety Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Tell me this what was happened. Old. In this was in the seventies, man. This what happened old. in it? What happened in it? Well, I think it was like a moon base, and um, I think it gets blown up or something, and the and and then like the ship kind of, you know, I don't remember to mm. be honest with you. But anyway, okay. um, <clears throat> the uh, the analogy I had, I remember those are the three shows, and. I remember I wanted like anyone. The computers back then were like these big, like bo- big boxy things with the size of refrigerators that had all these blinking red and green lights. Do you remember yeah. that? Right? Yeah, yeah. And they did not look like MacBook Pros. <laughs> no, right, <laughs> right. And um, I was sort of like, you know, you do make believe, and I was, you know, whatever, six, seven, eight years old or something, and I, I was doing, I was playing, we we're playing space. You know, and I was with my little brother and I said, all right, Jeff, I'm, I've created, you know, I've created my, I turned my closet into a cockpit and I, I took all the stuff out of there. It was empty except for these boxes, these cardboard boxes that I had drawn all these blinking red and green lights. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to go on my spaceship. And when I land, I'm going to open the doors and you're going to make my bedroom look like an alien planet. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go in there and I make these blast off noises or whatever. And then I give him like 30 seconds and I open up and he's just standing there. <laughs> and my room does not look like an alien planet. <laughs> and you can imagine my disappointment, right? I'm like, yes. what the? You didn't do anything. There's no rock formations. There's no weird alien you know, Jeff, plant Jeff, you just life. had one job. I mean, that was just that one job. Just make the, make the room look like an alien planet. But so the analogy I always use is like when you just like tell somebody to do something and you expect some kind of magic to happen it's like that it never happens your bedroom never ends up looking like an alien planet That's like you it. go to some designer you go to some hey i want you to do all stuff and you come out and you're just like always disappointed it you always have to get really involved be very specific lots of feedback but you just don't kill somebody to do something and expect magic to happen it never happens and i learned that the hard way at the age of you know seven you know, it's funny because, like, m- magic can happen. Like, let's say, for example, someone hired you mm-hmm. to build uh, their website. They probably wouldn't really know exactly what they wanted it to look like. But they hired uh, they hired you, and you, you kind of obsess about it, and you make it better than what they expect. So in that sense, it can happen for people who just don't really have any expectations. I mean, so so... I'm not saying you can't hire people who might do a really good job and, yeah. and, and, and do uh, go above and beyond. Um, but quite often, I mean, on average, people are not going to do that. 
You know, you uh, try it correct. 20 times, maybe one time somebody yeah. does something like, wow, I didn't expect this. But that almost never happens. But also it's like somebody could do a great job, but it's really still not what you were imagining. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the, you, there's something fuzzy in your head and you use words to describe it. Maybe you scrawl on a piece of paper and then the person interprets it a certain way. And they might do an amazing job, but it's just, just not what you had in your head. Just not there. People suck. People suck, suck, man. That's why I'm yeah. not. That's why we're going to keep our company small. Not hire a bunch of people. There's nobody to bitch. <laughs> There's no yeah. complaining. You know. Mm. I well, know. I I got chastised by you for for helping too much. Too much helping. <laughs> Yeah, you were like, Mr. Helpful, I'll tell you how it works. I was I used an example. I would say I was joking on. I said it's like it's like if the C student ran in front of class and wanted to explain to everybody how the how to solve the math problem and you're just shaking your head going, All right. And then you're like, No, that's totally wrong. Well, you know, it's it's funny and no, so what we're talking he's about. He's so is excited. He's just so excited. I wanted him up there go away with like here's how you solve it. You do this and everybody's looking at each other going, What's he doing? So we're talking about the, the Math Academy channel, and there's there's a guy. There's like a like I can only describe as kind of like an anxious customer who's got who's asking questions. Well, no, they're just you know there are certain customers who just have a, a they just really want to understand how things are working, and yeah, he's clearly a highly educated guy. I think he went to like Oxford or Cambridge or something, you know. So he's he's obviously technical. So right, you know, he's just like curious, like so what what's going on here? How's this doing? So what's of course doing? I'm I'm like on Discord. I mean, I'm super responsive on Discord and, and that kind of thing. And so I'm like, as soon as a message comes in, I'm like looking at it. Where's the answer? Where's the answer? Where's the answer? And Jason's just like ignoring Discord for like an entire day. And I'm like, oh my god, I've got to answer. I've got to answer. <laughs> and of course, I'm just like, I think it kind of works like this. And of course, I don't actually really know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and, so J- and so Jason's just like texting me, okay, uh, no more helping. <laughs> Which is You're fun. just injecting confusion. I appreciate confusion. it. I appreciate now it, I got to yeah. unconfuse everybody. I was like, what are you, like, please. I, like, I mean, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but you're just making more work for me. I was like... Uh... Like, guys, well, you've got to be faster. I, I'm, ju- I'm just asking you to, so to, to like save my own level of frustration. You just just monitor that channel and just like answer within a couple of hours. Could well, you do I don't that? think it was that long, was it? I mean, how long it was it? The I mean, how long would this, was did it go? I, I, it's like an like an evening. Yeah, like I go to the gym and I come back and you're like you're just like GPT Chat GPT. You're just bullshitting like crazy all over That's the place. Right. Like what the hell? I was yeah, just as accurate as Chat GPT. <laughs> it fact, sounds I asked right, Chat- but it's totally wrong. <laughs> I asked ChatGPT, and that's where I got the answer from. Yeah, hey, exactly. Uh, how does Math Academy work? <laughs> yeah, it's like the automated bullshitter. It's like that's what it mm. is. It's that's what ChatGPT is so great at. It sounds plausible. Like, ah, that sounds good. Nope. Yeah. Um. Well, again, appreciate it. Thanks for helping out. Uh, but <laughs> but don't well, help. No well, more you helping. Know, exactly. I mean, yeah, okay. um, it, it, uh. I mean, you, you saw, you know, uh, Alex, math, you know, math ninja jump in uh, and answer uh, yeah. some in-depth stuff. And you saw Justin. Yeah, guys, you, you're like, getting some like hardcore answers in there, some long answers. And um, as as a couple of people have pointed out, you guys, FAQ time. FAQ mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I know. We got to do that. Uh, yeah, well, I was telling uh, Justin that yesterday. Um, I was like, you know, this giving these giving these in-depth answers is actually good. I mean, you might think, well, look, how much time should I spend answering one question? I said, well, 
you're not just answering their question. You're actually providing answer a lot of other people reading. Yeah. Right. So if you have people, I mean, obviously, maybe we have a handful of Math Academy users even on this channel. I mean, but if we create our own Discord or whatever, and you can have a lot more, there's a lot of people reading it, and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's really interesting. That's really there's a lot of expertise here. There's been a lot of deep thought into this. Um, they're very willing to explain and help." You know, it's like, you know, I'm okay. I'm in, I'm, I, you know, you're much less likely to get frustrated and run away. You're like, okay, anytime they don't, I don't have this problem now, but I know if I do have a problem, Alex or Jason or Justin or Sandy, someone's going to come in there and sort it out and, and give me a really complete answer, which I think is very reassuring to well, users. But also you are, you are essentially collecting the image for the, F, the uh, collecting the information for the FAQ. I mean that's what I did with uh, the first version of Nugget. It was it was like the, the it was all from discussions I'd had with people on the forum. Well, the forum is represents probably point one percent of the explanations we've given over email over the past year and a half. Well, there you go. It's nothing. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, this is so. like you're like wow, you've had thirty answers. I'm like, dude, you have no idea. That's great. The number that's of great in depth email. I mean, Sandy's on it all day, mm. all day emailing back and forth with people answering their questions, helping them out, helping them find the right will. You know, because, you know, sometimes it's an adult trying to figure out what to do. Sometimes it's a parent who's like, you know, my daughter or my son, this or that. And I'm trying to figure, you know, this. often there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of confusion. They've had a lot of frustration before even coming to Math Academy. They're trying to figure out what to do. And Sandy's like, okay, so here's here's what's going to happen. I mean, like we had this really great story just this week. Um, there was a mom of a first grader who's highly gifted. And, um, she was, um, I guess apparently, you know, she's, we learned, we've learned recently that she was really anxious, even admitting that her kid was in first grade because she's being a lot of pushback about, you know, the sort of idea of giftedness or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and Sandy was saying, when she said, oh, she's first grader doing fourth grade math. And we say didn't blink. She's like, yeah, no problem. I mean, we. We got a lot of kids like that. You know, this this mom is like, what? You know, like everybody's treating them uh, like some, like a weirdo, right? Right. Or something's wrong yeah. going. It's like, yeah, we got, we got a ton of kids like that. And um, anyway, this um, this parent, um, they, um, we got her, you know, got her son going and he's just doing great. And it was this great story how he like, you know, he, he for his screen time, he chose Math Academy over a video game. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to form a petition to remove Math Academy from the screen time category. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. I, I don't know if that's fair. But anyway. Um, but anyway, so Sandy does that stuff constantly where, you you know, it's not just, you know, let me help you with it, figure out your credit, why your credit card payment didn't work out or whatever. It's it's trying to, it's it's getting to understand a family's dynamic. Yeah. And, and, and what challenges they've overcome. A lot of times there's a lot of, there's some emotion and frustration, you know, and, and, and they're, they feel alone. They're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, we have all these issues. I have a twice exceptional kid. I don't know if you're used to that term, you know, that term. Yeah. yeah. Georgia talks about that. Yeah, yeah. You have, which, which makes things even more challenging. And, you know, it's just, um, and now we're, 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 we're like, yeah, we, we got a lot of kids like that. That's awesome. Um, so how many um, how many num- how many subscribers are away f- are we away from break even? I think about eighty. I think we're we're sitting about four twenty. Four twenty. Okay. So here here's 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 how this works. Um, 
something happens, some kind of comment on Hacker News or something, and we get an influx of 30 to 80 or some odd customers, right? Then, and then there is this situation where over the next, it kind of flatlines. Mm. It kind of that step function, which you like to talk about, because some of those people just never really used it. Right, they either signed up for themselves, like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm going to get into math," and then they just realize they don't have the time or energy to do it. Yeah, or they sign their kid up, and maybe without talking with their significant other, did they figure out like there's even time or buy-in, mm, yeah, for the rest of the family, and so it doesn't really kind of get going, or it just turns out not to be the right fit. Right, it's just more work or something mm-hmm. than than they want to put into it, and so you have a certain amount of um, what I would call rather than churn, it's just like fail to activate. You know, it's almost like a free trial that just doesn't convert as a yeah, you know, yeah. Do the 30- so, but that is even out by people who are telling other people. People get in there trying, like, oh, man, this is great. And then they tell other people, right? So it's kind of, it kind of just bounces around. They, they pretty much even each other out until the next, until the next the, step. The next now, step. that definitely isn't churn, now that you mention it. Um, and, it, yeah, so churn is going to be, churn is something you can't even really track, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean maybe, maybe you can from some of your earlier people. I mean, there but. is churn. I mean, there are people who um, are using it, and then it's just... They don't have time anymore or right. a student is now in a different school and has different workloads and it's just not yeah. part of um, going to be their math solution. So, and that's fine. You, you know, but it's, um, we don't have a lot of churning after like two months, right? It's like they don't really convert or they stick around for five, 10, 15 months. Perfect. You know, or that's what you want. Something that's like perfect. That. But um, I'm not too, so I'm not, sweating the these numbers right now because we just we have obvious things we need to f- to work on and fix and improve right it's like why why how do i need it's like dude just fix the just make the product better just like you're talking about, where's the faq yeah i got about 30 things that are like well where's this and where's that like yeah like yeah i know like well why well why don't you have it because it takes time to get all this stuff together right but you know you don't have to worry about like sweating a b testing and all this crap like we're not that's down the road don't even worry about that just get all the stuff, obvious things, working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I got so we can go a few different directions. I've got lots of links. Mm-hmm. Also, got a little bit to talk about my stuff, mm-hmm. and obviously, we've got the uh, you know the your own math academy updates that you want to bring to the table. Um, which direction you drive? You like You're the host, in? man. I you just uh, serve well, it up, t- whatever you want to do. Well, I will. T- let's talk about. Um, Okay, so play strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I went, I went, I went pretty far down the road with Learn Dash. I really gave it a proper attempt to <laughs> use. I'm not going to build it myself. I swear, I'm going to use off the shelf stuff because that's clearly the right solution. <laughs> that was, but that's mean, me replaying the actual conversation. So, um, but, 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 well, it's just, it's just to do. Just the basic things that I, I mean, I think it's table stakes, you know, it just doesn't do it. So yeah, it, in theory, it does everything, but then when you actually get down to the implementation, you're working with the guy and, and basically, because I gave a big long list in my initial proposal, this is the, these are the things that I wanted to do. And he's like, yeah, 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 it does that, does that, does that. So, so one of those things is, is, um, okay, uh, like, it tracks completion and it gives you certificates based on completion and it gives you those certificates per lesson. So if you complete 
a lesson, it gives you a certificate for each lesson because there's like 20 of these lessons and then there's a master certificate for the whole thing. Well, it turns out that it doesn't understand completion within a lesson. It mm -hmm. only understands completion within a course. Mm -hmm. And so to, to do completion within a lesson, which is because they have, because every lesson essentially is, was, was a weekend recorded and there's like five videos and each video is a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Like you have to track when those videos are watched and make sure they're watched a hundred percent. And then all five of them are watched a hundred percent. Then you give a, a test to make sure that they understood it. They've got to get 80%. Mm -hmm. And then you give a, a, a survey because that's a requirement from the APT licensing authority. And once they've done, if they've passed the test, they've done the survey, they've watched the videos, then they get awarded their certificate and their CEs. Well, I mean, first of all, the, the, the media player doesn't have a concept of like showing how far they've watched in the video, because mm -hmm. if, if it shows a scrub line, if it shows the scrubber, like the video scrubber, and they've only watched half the way through, well, they can just pick it up and move it backwards and forwards and just move it to it to the end so they right. can instantly watch the whole video. That was the piece I had to code. And I was like, okay, that was fine. And that's all working perfectly on, on the system, my system. And so the only option they give you is to just remove the the timeline thing. So you just go, you, you can't, they don't have any way to show you how much any particular video is watched. So... You've got you go into a lesson. You've got five videos. You can't see how much each video is watched. <laughs> and then when you go into a video, it just shows you a timeline of where you are. And the only way it remembers that is by cookies. So mm. if you go onto another system, you've got to go. So so I would have to like build this system into WordPress to like remember where it is on each video. To and then I'd have to. And like when you go in and look at the hooks, and he's sort of showing me, and it's just like, oh my god, this is a Justin, I have a great idea. Nightmare. I know what you should do. You should fork it and then contribute back to the community. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. So, because I was constantly like weighing up, okay, what's, what's going to be more of an effort for me to tweak the existing thing that I've done and just make it look a bit better and then just find, find some solution for a website? Because you've got the same problem. We've both got the same problem. What, how am I, how am I going to do this big marketing site? How like I don't want to have to do big HTML pages. Other people need access to it. So somehow we both have to solve that problem, you know. And I, I don't know how to solve that problem right now. But the other thing with the course and giving out the certificates and all that stuff, I do have to build one survey engine. So I have to build a survey engine. But that really is just an afternoon's work for me, you know. Yeah. That really isn't that much effort. And then I just have to make it look a bit better instead of everything being on one page, I just have to split the pages up. So, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, even just those two things that I just told you about, like showing how far videos are, are into it and then also making it work in a sequence in a lesson is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's just that's, getting started. You're preaching the choir, man. That's why I don't <laughs> use other people's crap. I'm like, just build it from scratch. It's not that hard, you know. And putting, and putting content in is so slow. It's like you, you, you like... You like okay, it, it has this concept of like everything is because it's WordPress, so everything is like a blog post. Mm -hmm. So like you you've got you've got courses, you've got lesson lessons, you've got topics within lessons. So you go into courses, which is like a blog post, and then you have a builder, and then you enter the little pieces in the builder. But that's just creating new 
lessons. And they're like blog posts. And then you go into a lesson. And then you have to click into the lesson to create the topics. And they're just like blog posts. So you have these three things on your left-hand side. You have like lessons, topics, courses. And then you have to like just go in and treat each one individually. And it's just, it's just, it doesn't even look good. I mean, it's so painful to manage. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess you've had to relearn this lesson for the twentieth time. Oh, no. Look, I mean, this stuff is fine if you're not a if you're not a developer or you're just sort of a you know you have you're you're, you're a developer but you can only do like you're just like a back end person or you just have like a very a specialty where building all this stuff is just not within your skill set. But if you're a full stack developer, I think it's really hard to live with this kind of stuff. Right, because you're just like mm. I, I can do. This is not that hard. I can do whatever I want. You know, it's like yeah, this can do a lot of stuff, but I only needed to do five or ten percent really well. And there's some stuff it really can't do that I want it to do, and then I'm kind of stuck. So yeah, I'm you know. And it's I also was, like same, same way. with each new thing that I learned like this, and I mean there was a lot. Like there were like another thing is like okay, so we've got 650 students already, right? Mm -hmm. So those 650 students need to be imported to this new system, or we're going to have to have two systems running. And so then I, I go in and look at the import stuff, and it's like, you know when you know <laughs> you know when they over-engineer schemas, like they're just so over-engineered, and it's like even just understanding how this import stuff fits together for just a basic just list of people who did a, did a thing, getting them into this system. Oh my God, it's like two weeks' work. Just to do to just to do import, but the but the funny thing was every time I encountered one of these things, I would say, I would say, hey, gee, gee, um, so it looks like there's going to be a problem showing the the video playback, <laughs> you know, like, and she's she's she she's just like, nope, I hate it. It's got to do that. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god, yeah, the client is not accepting the, the bullshit. Is not happy. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing that. She's not she's not yeah. having it. Yeah, but you know, the other thing is too is like, uh. The, the, would you have to go in and figure out all their stuff and fight? It's so frustrating. It is Mentally so Mentally yeah. It's it, it just it's just um, what's the word I want to use? It's it's just discouraging, right? It's just like ugh, I don't want to do this again. And whereas when you build your own stuff, it's fun, right? And 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 and, yeah. and, and that when things are enjoyable, you're much you're much more willing to just pick up momentum and keep doing stuff. And oh, I can do this and I can do that. So. I don't know. It's Unless not, it's something like it's so far outside. It's like, I'm not going to build my own physics engine or something. You know, there's some things yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, there are certain things that are just so hard or so beyond me or I just don't care about. I'll do it. But if it's like the thing itself, I mean, this is, this is the application. And guess what? That's actually, this is actually what you do, Justin, is build, you know, web apps. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why, why? Especially learning platforms. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the other thing. I'm 54. Do I actually want to become a WordPress expert at this point? No, I, I I really don't. <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to know WordPress. WordPress was still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, are you kidding me? WordPress is on like twenty six percent. I'm, I'm, I'm actually just uh, kidding. Oh, I just mean, kidding. It's, just, yeah. it's such ancient technology, right? Well, I I mean, they do update it all the time, but it's but the 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 paradigms is, is still the same. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, that's I what I mean. This... I mean the 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 core. Well, what it is, it's been around forever, and it can't have changed too much, right? Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm not mentioned on the database page anymore, so oh. they've 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 scrubbed me from the documentation, mm. even though I was the original database. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, the last thing I'll say on this is, 
work going into that stuff it's the opposite of loading stuff into ram like when you go into one of your old projects mm -hmm. and you're loading your old project up into ram mm -hmm. that's kind of hard but it's like like you say you know just get just getting ready but this is like it's like wading through treacle it's like you are wading through mental treacle to just like get it and that's it all right yeah. so that's that. Um, so you're so you're abandoning that, and you're gonna you're just gonna write yours from your own framework. I'm doing so. I'm doing. Um, I'm working on um, uh, True Space uh, and uh, uh, play, uh, play Strong at the same time because I'm get, I'm gonna get them both on Laravel Vapor. Okay. And so I'm just moving them both at the same time, getting the basic all the basic functions, just like you know the underlying stuff like registration, all that stuff, just so that it works on Vapor. And um, yeah, and then once I've got once I've got uh, Play Strong ready to go. Then I'm just going to start tweaking it around and making it a bit better. Because one thing that I did to make it super easy, like it's this really long, it's this really long course, and you know how I just hacked the whole thing out as I went along. So it's like it's just one page, like a bullet point list with titles. Mm -hmm. So it's like course number one is just the title, and then there's bullet points about the five videos, mm -hmm. and then it just shows the percentage next to it on bullet points. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you've watched 50% of this, you've watched that. Right. When you click a link, it opens up a new window that has the thing. So it's just, a, it's a bit of a kludge right now. It's not mm -hmm. a proper learning platform experience. Mm -hmm. So I just need to make it so that each lesson has its own page. You know, just right. that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's it's good. Uh, we haven't got, uh, she's she's doing a new, um, what she's calling PlayCon, Play Conference 23. Um and this is being hosted by herself and her, her friends, and we're, we're just about to push that out, and I'll give you some revenue numbers as soon as I got some, but it's going to cool. be 287 bucks per seat. And so we're, you know, we're, I'm, I'm on the track. I'm actually on the track. I'm, on, I'm doing work and play strong now. So Good. Well, I have a feeling that when you're building, when you're using your own code base, you're going to have more fun and make more progress and be more I excited think you're about right. it. You're going to be yeah. more excited about it and you want to talk about it more because it'll be cool. Yeah. This is not I'm, technically cool for you. This is technically painful so <laughs> technically painful so that's good so and, and list i um i got list uh i've got a dev so basically because you know my computer was run over it fell off a car roof and got run over so um so when i said <laughs> how does that happen i mean what the <laughs> which is which is ironic because whenever we would go to lunch you would insist on bringing your computer into lunch with us i'm like dude the car's locked just put it under the seat you're like well you know just in case you're like this <laughs> parent you're like you're really paranoid that something have a computer and yet you left it on your car and drove away ridiculous well it was amazing actually how easy it was to transfer and get the new computer up and running because everything was in dropbox that's so good. like I, I just set up i just do sim links to all the stuff in dropbox and i was like oh yeah i've got my whole dev environment set up ready to go um, but one thing that I wasn't able to get was the dev environment of list. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was this one last feature that I had, which was like fully collapsing the right nav, mm -hmm. uh, because Ben Boiter was so mad that it had a little eye icon for information. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I'm, I couldn't push it because I couldn't work out what was going on. Anyway, I fixed that. So now I've got a uh, list also in a, in a situation where I can do more development on it. And there are a few things that I want to do. Um, and I'm going to get into that, but not right now going to bring circle back i know you still use list i use list for everything i mean it's very good it's still much better than a text editor so yeah no it's good it's fast it's yeah. responsive it's yeah it's good i like it yeah. i don't i don't use it like i should i just kind of have like this my main list of today and i just kind of put everything at the top yeah i'm just thinking about i'm just not i'm just when it comes to documentation and writing stuff down i'm just really really bad at it i'm basically the worst 
I am using it fully like a second brain. So I have like, every, I mean, everything, every show now, I've got all the show notes that I can go back to it and all the links and it's cool. And <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm going to have to add functionality to make that work because it's, it gets unwieldy, you know, and it gets so big, but it's going to be good. Yeah. When I get searching. Well, I, I believe you. I yeah. mean, I think you've, you've so. done a good job with what you've created so far. So just keep, you know, keep on trying. So, so it sounds like you're going to kind of work on this simultaneously as you feel as you're in the mood with uh, as play strong. Play strong is your like that's your ATM run, right? Play strong is the ATM your run. ATM, that'll guy. make your money. You don't really love the technology. It's it's kind of not. It's not inspiring from a technological standpoint. But from with something that can create financial independence, it is a good shot. Has a good shot at doing that. Yeah, I mean. I don't have a I don't have a plan to do to do list anytime soon to get too deep into it, but maybe I will one day. I do, I'm I'm a, oh by the way I think it should be called deep list. Deep list. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe that's bad. <laughs> but uh, because I mean it's very good at doing deep lists. Anyway, you call it nested. Nested. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Nested. I like that. All right, so um, do you want to do go on to links? Wait, oh, hang on, I'm the I'm the show host. Yeah, yes, the show host. You just I'm the, I'm it the up. host. All right, look, Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Like two or three people emailed me yesterday. Like, what do you think about Silicon Valley? I'm like, I, I was I wasn't even following it. On, I was like, I have no opinion. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And so I just I just read a, a couple articles this morning and I, I was just, they were talking about the all in podcast that I was working working out to last night. So I I'm now pretty much spun up. So what, all right. what do you want to do you want to frame it? Well, I mean, uh basically I thought <laughs> there was a nice someone asked ChatGPT to 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 <laughs> to explain the Silicon Valley Bank situation hmm. in in terms of um monkeys and bananas oh god <laughs> and so it it did quite a good job uh, i'll just sort of read the first paragraph mm -hmm. me try to explain silicon valley bank like big tree with many bananas many monkeys like bananas and put their bananas in tree tree promised to give more bananas to monkeys later but tree bad tree lose many bananas in storm tree not have enough bananas for all monkeys monkeys get scared and wait uh, and want their bananas back Many monkeys run to the tree and grab their bananas, but some monkeys are too late. No more bananas in the tree. Monkeys sad and angry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I that's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. So you know, one of the things that I read this morning was that Peter Thiel, uh, he they put out they were able to pull all their money out by Thursday. Like they got. They tried to do some wire. They put in a wire to do something, and something they didn't get the money out. Didn't happen as quickly as it should. That it was clear there was some problem going on, and so they immediately took all their money out. And um, so it was like sometimes it's, there's a quick and the dead, right? It was people, I mean, of course, Peter Thiel gets everything right. Out. Peter of Thiel course. says, "All right, we're out." Like they, he's decisive. He's smart. He's just like this doesn't this doesn't feel right. We're out. Boom, pulls everything out, and of course they don't lose anything. You know. I thought that was kind of amazing. Um, or not so, amazing, um, but just sort of, yeah, of course he did. I mean, the 16th largest U.S. bank um, with assets of $209 billion. Um, the bank faced a $42 billion uh, bank run on Thursday, March the 8th. Um, yeah. 
so, goes down. So here's the here's the gist. Um, sans bananas. <laughs> um, so essentially, what happened um, is that you know they they I get I, first of all we should point out there's an estimate that half the startups in Silicon Valley have their money in Silicon Valley Bank. So I think Gary Tan, who's the current president of, of Y Combinator, says is, is this is literally an extinction level event for the startup ecosystem. Um, now that may be overstating a little bit, but I mean it is bad. It they is can't even, make payroll, right? And I hear some estimates they were saying, well, the payroll is it, for most of these companies is, is Wednesday, and when they can't hit payroll on Wednesday, um, you know, they're going to have to do some fast talking to their employees now you can imagine that the most senior employees like the founders and c-suite people who have a lot of equity will be willing to say look i'm we'll look we're sticking around for a couple months a few months and and we'll see what happens see if we can get some bridge financing get some you know some kind of uh loans or whatever to, to keep us alive we'll have to downsize or you might have some people in their in their early, mid, maybe late twenties who don't have families and mortgages and and kind of have been paid well relative to their living standard and kind of, you know, would be willing to stick around for a little while. Especially since it's relatively hard to get a job in tech right now up there, given how many people have been laid out. Like what's hundred fifty thousand already happened. Yeah. Right. So this it's not like you have a recruiter and five offers next week. You're like, oh man, it's kind of a shit show anyway. <clears throat> And if the founders say, look, anybody's willing to stick around and are willing to extend some trust in us that we can we can pull together some financing over the next six to 12 weeks, we will uh, recognize that and, 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 and with, you know, um, with additional equity grants, you know, so that kind of a thing. And you can imagine a lot of people who are in position to take that risk will be like, you know, especially if they already have some kind of product market fit or pretty close. Right, they're like, look, this, I, this is going to work. We just, we just need a little more time or money. It's the people in the sort of thirties and forties who have families and mortgages, and are not maybe don't have the same, um, they can't take that risk. That are going to be intru- that are going to be leaving. They're going to have no choice. I mean, they can stick around for a little while, but it might, you know, it's sort of thing like if if you if you can't pay for your kids, you know, tuition or your mortgage or whatever, like, you know. The, this. But it really exposes a flaw in the general VC growth model because, like, if you're building businesses uh, like Uber that are really not based on profit, <laughs> they're based on the next round of investment and all the investments there, then it's not, this isn't just a cash flow issue. So what you, so what what you're you talking about, describe... but no, but, I mean, obviously they're based on profit, but they're, what they're based on is doing growth first. They're, they're prioritizing yeah, growth, growth before profit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's so, like, so basically, it's a it land could grab. Just be a, yeah. It could just be a cash flow issue. If they were profitable businesses, then, then they could say, okay, this is just a cash flow issue. We've got to work out, you know, we'll, we'll have to like get, you know, we'll have just have to get money. Like you're saying, like bridge loan or whatever. But if it's if it's the land grab stuff, then it's like, well, it's not the same. Not many companies are true land grab like an Amazon or Uber. Okay. Um, but here's 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 the problem: a lot of them have not reached profitability at all, or haven't even got to monetization really, or maybe they are making some money, but it's it's a long way from. Um, being able to cover costs and it's like you know they got to pay people wednesday right 
They had people up on Wednesday. I mean, they, they even if you're making money, like how you need some cash now, or at least even if you can people ask people to hold off for two or three weeks. I mean, you're, you're going to get all your accounts in. And guess what? A huge percentage of these startups are B two B companies. Who the hell do you think their customers are? There's these other startups, the other tech companies, right? Who don't have any money either. <laughs> Right, so you have this sort of, and not all of them. I mean, they're the they're usually the, the their customers are the bigger startups, right? So it's like the, the 10, 20 person startup is is selling to the two hundred person startup, you know, and and but but all of a sudden they're gonna have a hard time um, in, in accounts receivable because they're they're uh, a lot of their customers. Well, let, let's say their whole like let's just take an example like a, a startup has I don't know five million. In the bank, I mean that's that's their that's their cash run money. It's it it was in SVP SVB, and it's just completely gone. Well, like, no, they get two hundred fifty thousand dollars, FDIC insurance. Okay, <laughs> and they get a certificate when they no, goes to no, bankruptcy only, court. Only like five percent of the accounts were insured, or something like that. It was like only a small amount. Well, uh, well, okay, you're talking about insurance, but all all bank accounts, to my understanding, all U.S. bank accounts are insured. By the FDIC for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, okay, to prevent these kind of bank runs by the public. But if you have five million, that doesn't really do much for you, right? Which is why you probably don't want to cut all your eggs in one basket. Why you probably want to have multiple bank accounts. You know, I mean, obviously you're not going to spread it over thirty banks, but at least if you spread it over four or five banks or something like that, you're, it's not a single point of failure, which is just you're literally dead. If so, did happens. they do that? I mean, no, do they do that? No, most of them they, don't. Most of them don't. Yeah, but so, that's so, the thing to do. I mean, I were talking <laughs> to um, I. So you, there are going to be a lot of dead companies. I mean, just just nothing you can do because, like, if you if you can't get access to that five million, you can't go to some other person and say, "Oh, we need a new five million investment," because all your equity is already gone. I mean, you you, you sold your equity. Yeah. Well, I think here. I think what's going to happen is there is that the venture capital fund. And some of the VCs are probably had their money, some of their investable capital in, in SVB, right? So some of the, you know, some of those guys are screwed. But um, I think what will happen is the VCs will look over their portfolio and they'll be like, okay, who can we save and who can't we? These companies have product market fit, right? They're already growing. We just need to provide some bridge financing for the next three to six months. And then they will be able to make, you know, cut some costs in cash, you know, or, or raise some cash flow. They might have to raise some additional financing at non-great terms, but we can get through this. And then there'll be others that were just not a product market fit. And there's just like, you know, they were still just, they were still six, 12, 18 months away from any that happening. Um, you know, I mean, that, that, that's just, it's just going to be like who, who, you know, some of you are going to live and some of you are going to die. So I think it's really going to accelerate that. Um, that process of, of stuff that might have been realized over time. Some of these might have found product market fit. Um, also, the idea, is, the uh, thing to consider is a lot of these startups raised money year, year and a half ago, two years ago, at ridiculous evaluations. So they are way underwater kind of anyway, right? They're not mm -hmm. going... And a lot of these founders who who raise at those kind of... Um, at those multiples... Um, they have a little chance of 
exceeding that any time in the near term. They're just like, they're already kind of thinking I'm sort of screwed because given the multiples now based on interest rates, um, and this might be, they're just going to be like, yeah, we're just going to fold up shop anyway, you know. <laughs> so I think I think that's going to exacerbate. I think some companies that might have been willing to fight through it or founders that might have been willing to fight through it are going to give up because they were they feel like they were underwater, an impossible underwater situation anyway. Um, and also there's so little money available now because of the um, because of the market and the interest rate thing. And because now everybody needs money, right? So it's like everybody is starving and like who are you going to give food to, right? You can only feed so many people. You can only feed so many startups. So, you know. So, of course, uh, Elon Musk is open to the idea of buying Silicon Valley Bank. I saw that title like yesterday. I haven't heard any follow-up. Is that just, did he just say like a one-liner on Twitter or is there anything more to it? I think it? it's something like that. But um, but the thing is, it makes sense with the, the, the he always talks, I mean, he he has been talking about wanting to buy a bank for a while. That's not that's not just now because he wants a bank because he wants to to underpin Twitter as a payment service. Yeah, the super app, right? The the yeah. WeChat kind of thing. So it might be the golden opportunity uh, for him. To yeah, just get that get a bank. Well, you know, <laughs> and I, a central bank. It, it's it, you know, I with knowing no details about it. The problem is, you know, he's already put a lot of money into Twitter. So yeah. he only has so much fresh powder, right? He's not gonna. He, there's only so many shares of Tesla that he can liquidate. There's only so much financing he can do for overextends himself. Um, also, um, it, it 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 remains to be seen exactly how bad um, their balance sheet is. I mean, it it was how many billions of dollars they are underwater. And yeah. the question is, is it cheaper? I mean. I know he would probably like to help out if he could. He'd like to do the whole J.P. Morgan thing where he bails out the banking system or, you know, what um, when Buffett came and kind of um, organized the bailout of long-term capital management back in the, uh, you know, late 90s. Um, you know, it'd be kind of, I'm sure he's the kind of, he would like to do that. And then, and then, oh, and by the way, I can now create the underwriting platform I need for the uh, payment um, app I want to make. But there could be a lot of messy details that might just make mm -hmm. it un, untenable, um, too many yeah. liabilities. But, um, you know, I'm sure people could read all about the de ugly uh, details about the, the bank itself. But essentially what happened was is they took in a bunch of um, deposits from these, from these banks, I mean, from these startups and VCs and, and people. And in order to get a return on that, you know, banks typically do have like a loan portfolio, right? For like mortgages and things like things like that. But they're they I think only made it like ten percent or fifteen percent of their of their um, assets. And so what they did is to get a return is they bought a lot of long term treasury bonds, like ten year treasury bonds, right? Um, the problem is with the sharp rise uh, rise in interest rates is those bonds, which they probably bought, you know, one, two, three, four years ago. And we're not, and we're paying relatively low interest rate. Low interest rates are really discounted now because the interest rates are so much higher. So the bonds, those bonds, are not worth much. So they lost a lot of value, and that, but that was happening over time. But because these um, these uh, longer maturity treasuries, and also because their mortgage backed securities that they were also invested in were not mark to market. So they didn't get every day say, hey, like the this value of this is no longer par, it's below, right? It's like you've lost 10% or 20%. Like if you had a um 
a mortgage account and you were trading on margin, you know, you get marked to market. Not, if not every day, you know, if not every hour, at least every day. Like there, anytime there's a big move, you're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm shorting uh, Tesla, but and I'm doing it on margin, but I have I have you know hundred thousand dollars in Google, and it's like, okay, fine. Now Google drops thirty percent, and they're like, you know what? We're gonna have to liquidate some of your Tesla position because mm. you can't uh, you can't support that with what you have left in your equity. Anyway, so the bottom line is they had to. Um, they weren't marked to market, so they weren't really reacting to the changing, um, the falling value in these other assets, and then it, that that diverged too much, and now they're in trouble. And they were paying, they were paying zero point six percent more on their interest bearing loans than other banks. Is that right? Yeah. So what I've got, um, SVP had barely four percent in non interest bearing deposits. And was paying zero point six percent more than its peers. So, but does this have um, implications for, like, uh, do you feel? I mean, just on a, on a gut level, do you feel like we're also heading into like more like financial crash woes type of thing? Like the I mean, financial that... crisis of two thousand eight. Like, like there's fin- two thousand eight. So, so the question yeah. is: Is there contagion? Yeah. Is there risk of 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 yeah. contagion and 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 more and financial instability? You know. The probability is not zero. It's never zero, obviously. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, what is it? Um, the thing is, it's like really hard to tell at this point. I mean, I, th- I think the economy seems to me like it's doing okay, even despite the rising interest rates um, and despite the, the layoffs in sort of the tech sector, the overall economy is doing okay. Um, but I think like it's not like barely. Like it, 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 it wouldn't take a lot to kind of push it in the other direction and the problem is that this could be the kind of thing the straw that broke the camel's back it's like yeah it's like wow you know people talk about recession but it still doesn't seem like that's happening and things are still going pretty well and you know and then boom this happens and you have all of these layoffs and all of these bankruptcies in a huge growth sector and you know other assets and you know what happens is that when things start to crash um, other things are become correlated, right? Because if all of a sudden you have all these people who are no longer employed, they start cutting their costs, right? And maybe all these people can't pay their mortgages anymore. And then the housing, and people start selling houses in that area because they can't afford, and now the housing um, prices go down, right? Mm-hmm. And the housing prices go down, and people's equity starts to drop, and the, it's just like it has this sort of knock-on effects, Um so you, it's it and it and usually the human brain is a hard time really being able to contemplate these things because there are these it's sort of a, it's a complex adaptive system, so it's always a little dangerous um, for this kind of stuff happening like when Lehman went down in um, in '08 I guess and Bear Stearns almost went down. I doubt it's that Do it, th- doubt it's, it, it doubt it's that kind of it's, it's not of that scale where it's out where he had these huge numbers of toxic mortgages measured in the many trillions of dollars. But it's um, you know. Do you think that um, that the Dodd was it Dodd, Dodd Frank, Frank like the the laws that that they they in the Trump administration they were rolled back so regulations were relaxed on these kind of banks. Um, Do you think that has I think any that's impact? a scapegoat. So first of all, the Dodd Frank was not like itself rolled back. There were some things that were relaxed. I don't know the details of it, but I think something okay. someone pointed out on Hacker News, which I was like, yeah, well, the Biden administration has been in you know business for the last two years. They could 
do whatever they want, but they didn't change anything. Right? Mm, right. I mean, right, right. If you don't like it, change it back. Okay. Oh, you didn't. Okay, so you're fine with it then. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's not, you know, uh, it's not as a Trump thing. It would be, you know, what the government has decided to do across two administrations. I mean, something else that could that could potentially play into it in just a side in like a side tangent way, mm-hmm. and I'll just this is like a a segue, is the um the coronavirus lab leak stuff could just freak enough people out that it could just add to the stress of the whole environment. Have I taken um, my victory lap on this yet? Well, I I wanted to. So you you posted this in um. You know, you posted this. Yeah, we talked in, about it in Discord, right? And in Discord, and so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to quote you here because I I'd, I'd noted this down in in list to bring it up. Jason said, "I have more to say on my belief prediction framework in general, but I'll save it for later." Um, about the Wuhan lab leak theory, my belief went from 85 percent to 65 percent after reading New York Times, after reading some previous stuff, but recently it went to 90 percent after the New York Times. So now that's not what I said. Exactly. Belief prediction framework. So here's what happened. Hear here's that. what happened. Okay. Um, uh, the day the, the the day that was first even, um, someone even said anything like that. I think it was. I can't remember who it was. Some Wuhan la- the lab leak yeah. theory. Yeah. And that was in February. And I remember Justin Skysick and I went to lunch, and this was like literally the day before everything was going to be shut down. And we're sitting outside having some Mexican food. And I said, and I told him, I said, did you read this? You hear this? He's like, no. And I said, I told him about it. And I said, I put money on it. That's what happened. Occam's razor. I said, there's, I put money on it. Like it's eight miles from a lab that's doing, uh, it's doing work on coronaviruses. And suddenly there's there's a mysterious outbreak. Like, I don't have to do anything more. I put, I would put money on it. Now, not, not, not a hundred percent, not 90%. I put 80, 85%. That's probably what happened, right? Yeah. And then, like, um, I don't know what it was. A few days later, there was, like, story after story. The New York Times, the Washington Post, like, that is an un- that is a baseless conspiracy theory, and the virologists say it is definitely zoonotic, and that is just totally ir- irresponsible and unsupported and all that stuff. And I was like... I was like, Jesus. I was, it, in the one hand, it pissed me off because these people don't know, right? But then I thought, okay, maybe I would back out of my position a little bit. So if I was putting on an option position, so I was trading options, and options you, you, you kind of measure in probabilities that they're going to finish in the money. So in the option trading world, which is where I started out of college, is building models to value options. Um, you, you describe the delta of something. So something has like a... Zero to a hundred delta. So if it's going to finish in the money, hundred percent, which means like you know you have a you have the right to buy you know Google at five hundred dollars and it's currently worth six hundred and it's expiring in ten minutes, it's finishing in the money, right? It's a hundred percent, right? Or zero, but usually it's somewhere in between there. So it's like I ah, put so the the short the, the shorthand uh, people talk say ah, I put an eighty delta on that, I put a twenty delta, right? So that's what I was talking about my framework is like you know we don't know this is true or we know this is true. It's like at any point in time. You can put a delta on something, what you think, how probable that is, right? Is I think people are scared to think about things and they feel like, well, we just have to wait for more information. I think it's better to assign a probability to it that you can't adjust. You know, when you're trading options, you're continually adjusting your position as you absorb new information, 
So I would reduce my delta from an 85 down to about a 60, 65. I was like, I told him, I said, you know, Justin, I still think it's the probable thing, but I'm a little less confident because there's so much pushback, right? So I did flinch, you know, and then, and that was in February of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Then, and, and so I had literally laid out the whole, what was going to happen the whole pandemic, like a week before that to him, where, you know, he came to visit, or he came to work with me after one day, one day. And I said, dude, you need to pull everything out of the market. He's like, what? And I said, here's what's going to happen. Schools are going to shut down. Business is going to shut down. Da, da, da. The market's going to tank. And he just looked at me like I was insane. I said, yeah, I told Sandy this earlier today and she won't talk to me anymore. <laughs> she literally won't talk to me. And I said, like, she's really mad. And I said, look here. And he's like, what are we talking? And so I worked everything out. I said, look, let's look at the numbers. Let's model this out. You know, And him being a quant, he immediately, you know, after 20, 30 minutes of modeling this out, he just had this shock. He's like, oh my God, that is, this is going to happen. And I said, yeah. So you need to, he's like, well, is there anything else we can do other than sell? And I said, yeah, buy puts on the S&P. That would be the, that'd be the, ma- the master stroke. And I said, in fact, and I said, no, now I think about it. That's what, we should, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go. So that's we started moving money and, you know, buying puts, whatever. So I just proved but what you could. It, there was there was some reason that you couldn't do that in the end. It was it was too difficult legally. There was no, no, no. I, I did it. But I, it took rather than when I told Sandy, like, so initially when I told her that. Like I said, she just literally straight faced me. She was just like. You know, she, I, I want to say she thought I was crazy, but she was just like it was just too upsetting for her to even contemplate. Right. Yeah. And it was the same reaction when I told her in August 2007 that we needed to sell our, our condo immediately, that the whole market was going to tank. And she was just like, what are you talking about? And I was right about that as well. But anyway, so <laughs> so unfortunately, that didn't buy me any consideration. She just wouldn't really talk about it. Mm. And so I, and I yeah. was like, okay. I mean, I, I, would know, I knew. And so, but then like a week later, she comes to me and she's like, I think it's like a week and a half later. We're, we're, I remember we were at Airlie's, uh, one of her gymnastics meets, and she goes, so, like she saw, there was a little more chatter about something, a little, she could tell the nervous, and I, and she goes, what do you, what do you propose we do? And I said, well, I'd buy some toilet paper. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> and I said, I said, I just heard the slowest that 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 people there might be a problem with that. I would get some toilet paper, but I would just start stocking up on stuff. And she's like, really? Because this is all normal. Everyone's acting like nothing's happened. I said, just in case, just go stock up, start stocking up. And she's like, well, okay, well, I'll go to different grocery stores. I'm not going to make a big scene. I'll make a little bit here. Get... And so she just spent the next two days just stock up on everything, right? Yeah. And then she's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? She's like, I don't think we should sell everything. And I said, okay, fine. We don't have to sell everything, you know. I said, but we should buy puts on the S&P index. And she's like, well, how do we do that? And I said, well, you have a fidelity account, right? And she's like, yeah. I said, well, let's transfer money into the fidelity account. And I'm like, how much do we have? And she's like, well, I think with our American Express, we can move 100 grand over and this and that. And I said, okay, do that like now. The problem was... We did like the the standard electronic transfer, which is not a wire. A wire oh, transfer it took a long time. Yeah, took, right. Yeah, it, dude, it took like almost three weeks. I would okay, never yeah, had imagined that. Yeah. I thought it would have been like yeah. two or three days. And yeah, I found yeah. out afterwards that that a wire is literally twenty four hours, but they can yeah. slow roll 
that thing. So I'm watching these option prices rise from like five cents to 20 cents to 90 cents to dollar 30. I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally losing my shit. I am so pissed. And then we get it in and they're like, oh, you don't have an options account. I'm like, what the That's right. So fuck you have are to you say, talking yeah. about? We have a yeah. and so then we had to wait like another like three or four days. And I'd like, look, I'm an experienced trader. We have this and that. I have this. And we finally get them to expedite. It was still through. So I likely had to sit on the sideline for three weeks while these option prices are inflating and inflate. The volatility is going up and up and up. And had I bought, and so it still worked. We got it in, bought like I think it was like a hundred and I don't know, hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of options. And, uh, you know, different strike prices. And I didn't have any analytics. So I didn't know how much of these options premium had to do with underlying risk versus underlying uh, potential movement versus Did Justin get in at the, at the, in the, no, he had to wait because he didn't have any money and kind of set up the account. So he even came in after us. And, but, um, so the problem, so it it worked. That became worth 1.5 million in like a week, like within a matter of days. Sandy wakes me up. She's like, "Oh my god, you're right." And I was like, "I was like, yeah." I said, "Yeah," and it's going to keep going because we're only at like twenty six hundred. Wait till this thing drops to eighteen hundred. I mean, we were at sixteen fifty, seventeen hundred. Just use a, a trade, you know, uh, you know, issues with China. I said, "We're going south. We got a long way to go." And she's like, Are "You sure?" And I'm like, "I think so." I said, "This is there's no way that this thing is going to hover at twenty six or twenty whatever." Bottom line, the the Fed came in and they literally bailed out the entire economy. And they, they, I mean, it just, which was unbelievable, right? So I I I got a little too. What Sandy was one, the one thing that Sandy is really good at. She's like, take some of the profits now. Can you be sell some of it? Can you just sell it? You were, you made one point five. Don't be greedy. Just take it. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna make like ten. Like, let's go. This is gonna be the coup de gras, right? Even despite the fact that I I lost like 10x the what I would have had had I been able to buy at the earlier prices, and I wanted to hold on a little longer, and then the the Fed just kept coming in and just we're going to keep putting money and keep money in, and so that 1.5 went down and down and down, and I think we got I think and eventually I just capitulated, and I think we pulled out made the eighty thousand dollar profit, which on under twenty in like a month or a few weeks was yeah nice. nice. But I, I mean, if I had done this right, if I had executed it with precision and I had known that about the wire thing, I mean, it could have been, I could have turned that in. That would have been 100x or it would have been like the, the trade of the century. If this close. So anyway, well, so the lab. No, no, that's a great story. I remember you, you had, you had told that story, but it's not, it's nice to, it's nice to have, to hear the retelling. Um, okay. So let me just, I, let I, me just tell you one, one thing yeah. is that is the backdrop for my conversation with, with, with Justin, right? We're sitting, yeah. this had literally happened. Well, the the trades are on or we're putting the trades on, but I had laid all that framework of how this was going to happen. And I said, here's what's going to happen. The the market is going to crash. They're going to close schools. They're going to close businesses. This is going to happen. This is probably four to six weeks, I put it. We're going to hit bottom in the summer, probably. I said, I don't really, I don't have a lot of, I, you know, we might be back to normal for lucky in the fall, but probably in the new year could drag on. But I don't have a lot of but And I said, here's probably we know there's going to be a quick drop. So you want to get in and get out, make our money and get out. We don't want to hold on because it's hard to tell what's going to happen. But anyway, so everything happened, like I said, even slightly faster. So he was like, holy shit, like Nostradamus, you know. And so when I said, I bet you this is a Wuhan look, he's like, all right, I'm in. I bite. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's like, and um, but then I kind of backed off after reading those articles. I was like, damn, okay, maybe am I being is this? And then one year later, there was an article in the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists by Wade something. I can't remember his last name, but he was the former science editor for New- editor for the New York Times, and had this. It was like a really long article about the whole thing and how they had the fern cleavage sites and they had been, you know, doing a, operating BSL level two and they had been pulling, get, you know, excavating for these uh, the, this uh, guanu and these caves down in southern China and they had been funneled by Eco Health Alliance. I mean, all everything. And I came out. I'm like, ninety percent. This is what happened. No question. I mean, not hundred percent. Up in a ninety delta on this sucker. And I told a couple friends of mine, I told one of friends and he just, he thought I was, he thought I was telling, I was telling myself Big, Bigfoot or something. So, um, Fauci is the person that keeps, um, <clears throat> coming up into my feed at this point. Um, so, um, Musk had said, you know, prosec- my, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci and I was, yeah, that hurt your feelings. You, know, you get really upset about it. I that. was mad. I was mad with Musk, but now, now I'm like. You know what? There's there's a lot of evidence that this guy was involved in. Oh, hell this. yeah, he was in, dude. I mean, look, like, like, oh my god. Okay, l- listen to this. Um, the, so this is from um, the House Committee that says Fauci prompted. Um, so basically, listen to this. On February first, twenty twenty, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Francis Collins, and at least eleven other scientists con- convened a conference call to discuss COVID nineteen. On the call, Fauci and Collins were first warned that COVID nineteen may have leaked from Wuhan. Well. And in fact, from Wuhan, from from research that Fauci himself had funded. Yep. (laughs) So so three days later, (laughs) four participants of the conference call authored a paper entitled "The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2," and that was uh, and sent a a draft to Fauci. So basically, he he created the the paper that made everyone think this was Bigfoot, Mm. and he he was involved in researching the the back coronavirus that was potentially the one that was leaked from from the lab yeah. so he, he's quite a, a, a bit of a dodgy this article dodgy character. this information is like two years old there's articles from washington post vanity fair um wall street journal i mean there, this is not news the the well i mean not only it's news to me yeah, that's what i'm saying the problem is but but you remember I I told you some of this and you just kind of shrugged back in May of when I did it on the podcast. Well, because you you said you had read this really well researched article and it was talking about all of this stuff and you and you and you were like, man, this I mean I'm telling you there's something fishy going on here and I was like, Meh, you know, but like I don't know some somehow like there's different there's there's two speeds of like what sinks into the the, the global consciousness and you know obviously you were moving at a very fast speed there See, and I. Yeah, it wasn't at that. See, same, here's the th- here's the problem. Page. Here's the problem. Um, no agenda put me off it because I because I really find it so difficult to listen to those guys and they were saying this stuff and I'm thinking, well, if those guys are saying it, it must be BS. Mm-hmm. You know, that was so that was that was kind of turned me off it in the first place before you'd mentioned. See, it. here's here's the problem. Uh, first of all, there was a very organized cover up by Dasik. So Dasik, who runs the the Eco Health Alliance, which funded which which funded the Wuhan research i mean they he was the one who got all the scientists together to write that are the write that paper to say it's it's obviously zoo it's clearly a zoonotic origin and anybody says otherwise is a conspiracy theorist so it was this cover-up but there was no pushback 
from the media. They just bought it. They just said, they didn't go, you know, is that really true? They, nobody had, the, the media lacked any skepticism. They weren't doing their jobs. And people say, well, Trump, this, and it's like, this is before um, Trump in April came out and said Kung flu and everybody's like, oh, it's, you know, it's racist and stuff. This is before that. People, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even an anti-Trump thing. Because you put people, like, the, one of the stories is like, well, the media became so deranged by Trump. They became so, like, anything he says is wrong. So we obviously, by default, take the opposite position. Which is a mistake anyway. What you should say is he's, you could say he's zero signal. He's a random signal because he says whatever benefits him in that moment he feels like saying and he thinks that people are going to buy. That, it, which means it may be true sometime, may it be, true, may be false other times. So if you just take the opposite of random, you're random, right? So what you want to do is be independent-minded and say, okay, like let's 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 put the data on the table. Let's see what makes the most sense. What's what working hypothesis? I mean, so but so that was part of it. That's part of it. But also part of it, um, I think there was just this um, when when the when the when the uh, pandemic started, everybody's freaking out. Right. And everybody's looking to authority for reassurance and guidance. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 the and the and the media is looking at the CDC and the and the Department of Health Services and did NAISD or whatever they call it, National Whatever of Infectious Diseases, whatever Fauci ran for guidance, right? And if mm -hmm. they say, look, guys, here's what you want to do, even though they had already misled people by saying masks don't work at all. Don't get it. They don't work. You know, well, they do work. You have to have them. Wait, no, they don't. I mean, it's like, you know, they already kind of had, had, had stumbled in that, in their credibility. But I think the media just, you know, started following. And the media is very cliquish. They all follow each other. They all kind of parrot each other. And it's gotten very monolithic. And so, I think that's what happened. But, um, but you know the Trump thing definitely played into it, and but it, the problem is, is people just are not very um, clear thinkers, and then I think and then it becomes very tribal, right? Because if Trump is, if everybody decides Trump is an idiot or corrupt or stupid or whatever, you, you know, then being anti-Trump means you're a good person, you're a good thoughtful person, right? And then then you say I'm with the tribe, my tribe thinks this. Well, if you believe everything your tribe is, you're not thinking. You're not using your brain. And that's why you should not be part of a tribe. You should not be a Democrat. You should not be a Republican. You should, not, you should think for yourself, issue by issue, look at the data, Occam's razor, rational thinker, sign a delta. Don't just always go, well, I'm going to sit on the sidelines, maybe. Like, put a delta on it. If it's built as high enough, take a position. Take a market position. You know, make some money. <laughs> so something that... Uh also just makes me very suspicious is so now you know like there's there's a lot of news articles coming up that where this time where fauci kind of acknowledged this stuff that musk said uh you know this you know pro and he's and he's like hands up in the air like prosecute me for what and it's like oh man that's to me that is so sus suspicious dude like, you know <laughs> It's like when you like you know you know how a liar like a liar like they they get mad because mm -hmm. like if you if you're sort of accusing them of the lie and they did the lie and then they just get really mad. 
it's kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, arguing about whether it was in the lab now is on the level of arguing of, of whether there are weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Right. Like, right. dude, give me, it's oh, it's done. Everybody knows it. Like, we're, you can't prove a negative. We can't 100% prove that there was never weapons of destruction. But it's like, it's like, you know, the FBI, the Department of Energy, you know, the con- the congressional report. I mean, it's it, it, despite all the all the um, uh, the institutional weight that was put behind the zoonotic origin, it's all shifted the other way. And everybody's starting to realize, everybody's starting to backpedal and do damage control. Like, well, you know, maybe she did the amnesty or whatever. I mean, the reality is, you know, Fauci in his, you know, whether he independently saw the, uh, the, 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 the funding line on his, on his, equivalent Excel spreadsheet, Econ Health Alliance, you know, funding novel gain of function, coronavirus stuff, you know, or it was his people below him who said, gave him a brief update and said, yeah, we're doing this. I mean, I don't know, but we definitely, the U.S. definitely funded Eco Health Alliance. Eco, fund, Eco Health Alliance definitely funded novel coronavirus gain of function. This is part of the diffuse proposal that based in 2018 that said they were going to work on this stuff. That that's what they were going to do. They were going to insert a fern cleavage site. I mean, this is this is like so slam dunk. It's like it's like someone still questioning whether it's a lab link. Say, like, gee, and oh, I really, really think it's like, dude, they the SARS. The the SARS they found the 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 um, zoonotic origin of the SARS thing within six months. The SARS outbreak in the two thousand six. This is three years ago. This is the biggest most disastrous pandemic in like a hundred years. Yet there's no sign of it anywhere. Just like there was no sign of weapons of mass destruction. They're not going to suddenly find some pangolin and say we found it because it didn't happen. Hmm. And um, man made. Yeah, it's it needs to be a break. I mean, and also it so, doesn't but, look oh, the U.S. look good either, right? We played a part. It's not just China. China bad. Yeah, exactly. China. Yeah. I mean, it's but, the U.S. Um, we that, we trained. I mean, she the the scientist she was trained by Barrick at the University of North Carolina in these techniques and funded by Eco Health Alliance. I mean, the U.S. is is um, we're as culpable as uh, China. So on a slightly related tangent, um, a, f- a friend of uh, my mum's. Um, uh, stopped uh, seeing her because she's super. She's very QAnon oriented, and um, she believed that if you're vaccinated, spike proteins can slough off people, and like can get you. So that's like, you, have you heard of this concept? The, the, I only the heard of it spike, when I saw you post something about it on Discord. The, the spike protein shedding. So there's there's you know there's there is it's it's hard. There's craziness, and it but it's like. It's hard to discern between the different theories that people come up with, like what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. How do you how do you know? I guess in your in your case, you know because of all the things you're talking about, like your your sort of prediction market kind of idea. Well, here's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of things like you just don't know, right? I mean, I'm just like if you, if you, well, no, I mean, like if you said, hey, like um, if you said, well, I mean, if you said, well, you know, what's Microsoft going to do next year? Like, I don't know, right? Like, do you think we're going to recession? I don't know. But there's certain things that pop up. You're like, that's bullshit, right? You look at that and you go, I get that. That smells like bullshit because I can tell why people are. I can sell why people are really sure of something when when the government. Or institutions of power are positive something ha- is, ha- is true and they're trying to convince you, but they're not giving you any evidence. 
you can almost, you can fit a very high probability that's bullshit. Everybody's absolutely positive that the whole Russiagate thing was true. And we hit that for a year and a half, and it turns out it was all based on the Steele dossier, and it's all been disp- uh, it's all been shown to be bullshit. Right? We never got right. to see any day. Right. We never saw any day, you know? Because it's all bullshit. The whole weapons of mass destruction, never saw any evidence of it. It's sure, how dare you? How dare you question? I don't, You may not remember, people who are younger are listening to this, but people don't remember, if you question that stuff back in like 2003 or four or five, I mean, you were, you weren't a conspiracy theorist. You were like a, um, you know, you were, what are you, pro-Saddam? What are you, Saddam? Saddam yeah, pub, pub? yeah. I mean, just like a Putin yeah. It's like, it's stupid. But um, anytime that starts to happen, you know, Oh, you know, uh, Assad used chemical weapons. We're going to need to invade Syria. Like, you know, it's it's all bullshit. You can just guarantee you that stuff is bullshit. I mean, just without even knowing the details, just by the behavior of like, you're not showing me any data. You're you're really emotional about it. Let the the media, the 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 government is very emotional about it. They're really trying to get you to believe this without showing you data. And was guarantee it's bullshit. Just right there. All right guarantee that, that right. that's the number one heuristic if you want to like you know like right well <clears throat> that was that was a nice discussion i'll, I'll be time cop and, and, okay. and yes, cut that move down on. because yes, it, yes so um how about math academy okay any things that you wanted to bring up okay so let's talk about let's see um i don't have a list but just off the top of my head so we we introduced a couple of um important uh, a new fe- well, we introduced one new feature that we rolled out, which was estimated time it takes to complete a course. And right. I, th- I, th- I don't know if I uh, I talked about it on the Discord, but I haven't talked about it on the show. But mm. it was like a week and a half ago. I I wanted to work on something bigger, but I said, "All right, Sandy, is is there anything that I should um, anything you want me to work? On? Is there anything that's like a, a bug I need to fix or something that there's just that's really important that I need to do before I kind of go into that small win." Yeah, so yeah. That before I go into the knife. And she's like, yeah, everyone wants to know when they're going to be done with the course. How long until my kid finishes the course? How long until I finish the course? How long is it going to take me? She's like, can you can you do something with that? Can you tell? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And so um, I created this thing based on the student's you know behavior, right? Because if our performance. So some students are do a really good job and they and they pass most of their lessons. Other students are, you know, there's a whole spectrum, right? And there's some that are really sloppy and are failing lots of lessons and their kids are in between. And based on that and how far they are through the course and how and what pace of, of XP they're doing today, we can get a pretty accurate position of when they're going to f- finish, right? So we have this thing, it says on the main thing, it's like, okay, you're, you know, 42% done with Algebra 1 and our estimated completion date is, you know, late October or something like that, you know, whatever it is. Or and it's more specific of a short term. I give you a specific date if it's within the current month. If I if it's within the first six uh, next six months, I'll say early or late or middle of a certain month. Otherwise, I just say give a month and a year. And of course, it's it's just like ad, uh, like agile, like burn down story points. So you've got you're you're tracking their XP, and as long as long as XP means kind of the same thing from question to question, then you get a great burn down rate. And that's well, ours is it. more complicated than that because they're, it's path dependent on how they go through the course and what they have and have done. It's not just so we have to run simulation. So we have every time a student completes a task, um, well, we have this thing. We have simulation servers continually running, and it says which which students um, is their simulations are most out of date. So last time we ran a simulation, they had this much XP. Now they have this much. It's been they have the most XP 
that since that last time. So it's the most out of date. Let's run a simulation. So it's continually updating, and and that and it runs uh, multiple simulations of the same student because there's path dependency. Takes some averages. And says okay, this is basically what we think. You think you're probably finished about mm-hmm. X, and um, yeah, it's 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 very accurate, um, and that helps people because if you're kid is doing 20 XP a day and you're like thinking they're going to finish in six months, but it's going to take 12 months because they're really moving slowly. You know, not only are they only 20 XP a day, but they're kind of sloppy. Then that's when mom wants to say, whoa, 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 we need to, we need to fix something here. Right. Um, so that is something that I think, um, I think a lot of people appreciate it. Right. The mm, thing that we're nice. about to roll out, things that we're working on and we're rolling out this week is um, what we call learning efficiency. So what I've been, you know, basically what I'm um, hinting at is the idea of that, how well you're doing in the course or how how accurate you are affects your progress, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a dramatic difference between students who are getting most things correct versus kids who are missing a lot of stuff. Right. Mm. And okay. we're going to display it almost like a credit score. <laughs> you know, you're like you're going to credit karma or something. Oh, and it has yeah. like kind of nice, thing. nice. And um, I'm debating on whether I want to do it like a single number between like a, you know, you know, one, one, a zero and six. And it's like a 5.2 or a three. And then have like the color, the red, green, yellow kind of stuff. Or um, if I want to actually do it like a, the actual credit numbers, like, you know. Is that something that kids have control over, though? Yeah, yeah, to a degree. So it's like a lot of times when you have like li- it's like really low learning efficiency, it's because you're being sloppy. You're guessing, you're not using paper and pencil, you're gonna get, you're not trying, you know. I mean, it's like um now if you want to get to from like say uh you know, like let's say we let's say we do between 0 and 1 just to make it easy, so 100% is like perfect. You know, we most kids can get up to about eighty percent efficiency if they just are trying. Now, getting up to ninety, ninety-five percent, you know, there there's there's a certain amount of aptitude there. Some students are just they're not going they're going to fail stuff every once in a while because they're just it takes it longer for them to really, really master the material. Does that make sense? Yeah. So but there's not a so, huge uh, difference. You, there's not a huge difference in how much time it takes to finish of complete a course if you're like eighty-fifth percent versus ninety-five percent. If you're up at eighty-five percent, you're good. But if you're like at sixty-five percent, sixty percent, like it might take you, you know, twice as long. You get to like, you know, low enough it could take you five times as long. So that's that's a perfect example of like where you put this thing on there and then you have like deep explanation about it. Like within the interface. Yeah, we were gonna we've been that? talking about today. So we're gonna have so we have like this stats thing that kind of um pops up that you mouse over and it kind of shows and we're gonna expand on that and it's gonna have stuff about your learning efficiency and um you know, kind of like what impacts it because we have like multiple things that impact it, like your performance on quizzes, performance on reviews, performance on lessons, and how much it impacts it. So there'll be like kind of these um component factors and then what you can do to fix it so we will have emails that will go out and say hey um sarah has a efficiency of 60 you know let's let's say 67 let's use a percentile 67 percent which means it's going to take her 40 percent longer to finish the course if we could get up to an 80 percent she would finish it you know much faster and 
Da, da, da. You how... should do it as a percent because it makes more sense. Well, it just makes sense. Well, the credit credit score doesn't do a percent. No, I know, but like this actually does make sense because it's like with a hundred percent learning efficiency. Yeah, you ju- you're just plodding along exactly at we, your XP. See, here's the thing. See, here's, just, 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 see, here's the thing. There's more complexity here. There's this. Okay, <laughs> I know you're not familiar with the system. So one of the big things we already have a major percent that we're using called your completion percent. Mm-hmm. If you okay. use two percentiles, I guarantee you people are going to be confused. Well, they're they're eighty percent. I thought it's forty. No, that's their completion percent. This is their learning efficiency. They will it will always be conflated. So mm, you can't okay. you can't you have to use it in a different kind of a format. So I was sort of so it needs to be differentiated and and, and separate. This is more stop helping. You know enough helping, Justin. <laughs> stop helping. Well, I mean, you know, you, you just have a limited. You've never used it. You, you're very right, unfamiliar right. with the UI. You're very unfamiliar with the types of problems people get confused about. So why would you, how would you possibly know all the trade-offs, right? Because you know, a lot of things, it's like yeah. anything you do, there's like 10 trade-offs, right? It's like nothing is yeah. in a vacuum, nothing is an island. And so you, you're you always trading off all these things. Okay, so like if I show this, anything extra I show is going to attract these other things. If it's too similar to that, it's just going to create, you know, so you're, and if people are, it's like I give you more information, because they answer questions, but now they're more more people are confused because they don't know what to look at. What am I supposed to care about? It's just the context. We always talk about if you know if you don't understand the full context, it's, you you can't understand the problem. But you have to. And the other thing is, it you have sense. to. You know, people are not spending all day every day thinking about this, right? Mm, like my eleven right. year old works on this. I check in once a week. Like I'm not. This isn't what they do for their their job. So they're not going to. They're only going to invest so much time understanding. So if they don't immediately grok what's happening and why it's working that way. They're just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like what's like my kids doing stuff. I don't know. You know, I mean, some parents are super involved and some are not involved at all and everywhere in between, but you need to default to, I need to assume that the parent has limited bandwidth to think about this thing. And if you make it right. anything non-obvious or easy to confuse with something else, they will get confused and that confusion will create frustration and churn or customer support for us. Right. So, you know, always trying to maximize like how can I give them what they need to understand but not not create problems anyway so so by that token doing a one to six is completely removing it away from a percentage which actually is removing any possible ability of confusion yeah your your learning efficiency is a 6.4 or I could do like the we could do it in the range of like the 200 800 thing yeah. You know, so you have a yeah. 640 if you get 800. I mean, it's just put, make, it, make it different, you know? It's really just your, your tra- it's like your traction, your speed, you know? Yeah. Um, was, so was there any other math academy Well, stuff? the other thing that I'm working on, which I think is really cool. So I was working, okay, so this, you'll, you'll probably enjoy this. I mentioned the th- on, on, um, on the Discord. So um, so Sandy uh, gave me a bit of a talking to a couple of days ago. <laughs> She calls it a project management meeting. <laughs> she's like, she's like, could we, uh, could we, uh, do you have some time later? We could do like a, you know, do like a project management meeting. I'm like, a debrief. Yeah, like a project. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. Could we do like a project management meeting? So when your wife wants to do a project management meeting, <laughs> I'm just giving you a heads up, guys. You're in That's trouble. That's talking to. No. <laughs> no, no. She, so she sits down. She goes, so. I think what you're, I think, you know, and I'll explain what I was working on in a minute, but she's like, I think this is really, 
This is really cool. This is people are gonna love it. But I really think there are things that could move the needle for people that you could just knock out that would make a big difference. And I really, really think <laughs> you should do that first. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, she's like, I don't want to. I I know you're having fun with it, I, and I and I I don't I don't mean to say this stuff is is gonna be important, but there's just some really easy things. Like we need these emails to go out to explain X, Y, and Z, right? You need some kind of diagnostic report. People are taking the diagnostic, and it doesn't tell them anything. It doesn't say, hey, you're missing 50% of your foundational topics. You probably should do the lower course, or this is what it's going to take. Something. We don't say that. It's super easy to do. And she's just like, she's like, you know, and she, she's on the front lines, right? Like she's emailing back, the customers email her. She's has ongoing conversations with, you know, any number of customers all day long, every day. So she knows what they're frustrated about, what they're excited about, what they're confused about, what they're asking questions about. And so... Um, she's just like, you know, make my life a lot easier if you would just do this. So we don't have to, I don't have to answer that question for the 15th time. So what I've been, what I was working on was, um, you know, you've seen that knowledge graph. I posted a few of those of the knowledge graph and had like all of the, you know, topics and hundreds of, you know, topics and the connections between them for our course and all the foundational topics. Um, well, I was building kind of a Google Maps style interface where you could have like a search bar and then you would you would type in like, I don't know, differential equation or trigonometry or something and it would, you know, kind of really quickly update and populate with all the topics and then you would take little, uh, little flags or something pop up on all of them and you can mouse over anything. It would pop up and give you all the details about it, how you're doing it. And you could do, in other words, you'd be able to do like an animation, like animate it and it would show the learning over time. I mean, like really badass. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I mean, Justin was looking at it. She's he's like, yeah. And Sandy, even <laughs> Sandy, like she's like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. But then she's just like, look, I mean, this is, this is really cool, but I'd really prefer a diagnostic report. Can you just give me a diagnostic report? Please. Yeah, and is, is is the diagnostic report part of the show HN? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of these like critically okay. missing pieces. It's one of these things where okay. I just because you know here's here's what happened. You know, um, we had the um, a son of a fairly well known tech tech person who son is like I don't know uh, I don't know he's he's young you know, fourth or fifth grade and he's doing some more advanced math and, and, um, you know, the problem is he was starting to struggle. And part of the reason is, is because he's missing like half the pre-algebra and fifth grade foundational topics. These major, major gaps. He should not be in integrated math one. He should be in these lower courses, but because there's no report that says, Hey, Here's how they did. We recommend this is what they know. This is what they don't know. As a res, as as a result, we think they should be in this course and take the diagnostic for that. This will allow them to finish that. You know, just like like you would hope would do. Have you uh, started on that now? Have you almost got it complete? Uh, no, I have not. I there's um where one thing I was adding because I one thing I'm working with Justin is the uh, learning efficiency thing that I was just mentioning. Right. Um, that is maybe less important, but it's kind of a relatively quick ad. 
the other thing Sandy wants is like we with his drip emails. Like we created the whole drip email system and I send out two emails. And she's like, Really? That's it? Like two drip emails? <laughs> like there's like so much that they understand. And we have it. We just need to put these emails. So there's so much low low hanging fruit. It's just like sometimes it's hard to figure out what you know. It's all the boring stuff as well. It's all the business stuff. It's all the Yeah. Just I mean, writing basic, a bunch of emails to explain how to do stuff is not super exciting. Um Yeah. Exactly. But it does move the needle. And then, you know, so that's, that's, that's the order of operations. I think I'm probably going to do the learning efficiency thing might, I could take a break on that and just do the, do the diagnostic thing. Just cause you know, that is the highest priority thing. The drip emails, learning efficiency, and then the, uh, then the knowledge graph explorer that you can just go through and just cut it any which way and see what you know, what you don't know. And you own oh, also allow you to, to add gravity to topics, say I want to prioritize certain topics. Is I want to be able to do this, and it'll it'll like. Purchase. Are you going to do that that UI thing before the uh, show HN, or are you going to do the show no, HN I'm gonna do first? It before. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> why I don't know because I want to do it. I want to get it done first because it's, it's. I think it's kind of All important because right. the problem is that people come in and they see see. By the way, I'm not even, not even, I'm still not even sure I want to do a show HM. Okay. And the reason is, um, uh, is because you, you said you're supposed to have free stuff, right? Well, that that would be the diagnostic. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, we're not a free product, and uh, and that's. I mean, I guess it could be the diagnostic. But... No, it's not that you have. It's not you're supposed to have free stuff. It's the. I think I'm quoting it. It's that you have you have stuff that people can play with instantly mm-hmm. that is what it is it's not about free mm-hmm. it's just about playing like a sandpit and that that diagnostic would be that mm-hmm. yeah i'm I'm trying to think of do that if we went we, we have we have a lot of really interesting blog posts i think we can write and we could just hit blog post after blog post rather than doing a yeah, show sure. which okay which you might do um i i don't care what gets you on the front page of hn i'm just saying once you're there you're gonna the- we're gonna be hitting those thousand subscriber numbers real quick i hope so yeah, so the goal, my my sort of goal is to make sure we hit a thousand uh, subscribers by the end of the summer, and also hit one hundred eighty five pounds weight. So it's like, which comes first? That's the question. <laughs> Double goal. So I'm I've lost in terms of Operation Superhero. I've lost uh, eight pounds. So I'm down to two hundred five from two thirteen, and you. It's funny. I I notice it. You you really look like Colby. Oh, do I? Right now. It's funny. Yeah. So it's like it's like oh yeah. Once you once you get rid of a little bit of that face jobs, Fa- fat face. You're more like <laughs> face jobs. Yeah. You're just looking more like Colby. It's that's, that's really, funny. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So um. So that's the thing. I remember Sandy asked me for the um. Uh, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, New Year's Eve. She's like, well, what are your uh resolutions and i never i never do new year's resolutions i said okay well i'll just say i want to lose weight and make math academy profitable those are the goals so those are good so it's like just focused on those two things keep don't do anything else and uh yeah no way i'm down you know down eight pounds and uh we're up to 420 subscribers so getting pretty close to break even um i mean we'll definitely need to do some marketing you know within a month i think really kick things off for the next phase so so 
it, not not mid March then, because the last time I'd asked you, you were like mid March. Might be a little after that, but it's already mid March, right? Yeah, <laughs> March twelfth. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it is mid March right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably so not. yeah, it's going to be mid April probably. But um, okay. any any uh, any uh, thing you want to cover for we? Well, on my um, my a secret secret project superhero, I don't want to discuss it <laughs> because it's always things always go badly whenever I discuss it. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to say I'm not doing anything that I'm going to discuss. Have you so, made, let me just say this. Have you made any progress on this thing? Um, I'm good. Well, you, you know what I did? I, I The Azempic was re- the Azempic really made me gain weight. So I've been off Azempic. I'm like, I'm just going to Was that the one I'm that doing. was supposed to cause for you to lose weight? Yeah. You gained weight. I'm like, it, I gained weight. It was Is it really because bad. you thought, oh, I can eat more because I'm having this? I think so. I think it's just like I because basically I, because it, it it makes you feel like you hate food. Mm-hmm. So then, but but then when it kind of gives you some moments where it's like, oh no, I don't hate food right now. And whenever I'd have those moments, I'd just be like, <laughs> just like eating so so mm. much. So um, I'm off that. And what I'm doing, what I'm trying right now, I'm just gonna. I might as well say it because I'm go- I'm actually gonna stick with this. And I haven't had any success yet, but this is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm doing. Um. I'm doing a four-hour eat window window every day, just a four-hour eat window. So intermittent fasting, so that I don't have to think. So I don't have to think very much. Mm-hmm. I just okay, I can eat in these four hours. That's it. And then I'm doing. Um, well, I, I I did a run uh, the other day, like a. I'm I'm t- basically taking the dog out on this very long walk. Mm-hmm. There's, we've got this great trail here, and to walk it, it takes forty minutes. But I actually ran it the other it day. 50, and it was it like took twenty 50 minutes. minutes. <laughs> no and uh yeah so i'm gonna try either either i have been sticking with that walk really fast walking it or even jogging mm-hmm. it so I'll, that's what that's those are the two things i'm doing right now well i think i think Just the key is whatever it. you're doing is measure it and if you don't see any progress Consistent. after a week or two then you got to do more right that's right. the key thing yeah. is is that which is measured is moved um yeah i mean <sighs> Right. I mean, my goal is just to lose a pound, just trying to lose about a pound a week. You know, nothing crazy, mm-hmm. but, you know, six days a week, do 500 calories, cardio, give intervals, keep the diet. Yeah. Keep the di- I don't really diet. I just try not to overeat. I try and I get about 2,500 calories, which is definitely not diet range. It's just, don't, it's right. just not piggy. It's just, if you looked at my food, you would not think I'm dieting. You'd be like, that sounds about, that looks like a reasonable meal. But if you, mm-hmm. well, that's right. You just exercise. You'd rather exercise than, then go short. Yeah. Makes sense for you. Um, I had a, a bunch of other links, but like, I don't have enough time because I've got everyone's, they're all back now. So I have to, have to Any finish shows? up pretty quick. Um, yeah. The last of us. Yeah. So you're into it now. You last, like it? Yeah. It's yeah, good. It's pretty good. I, I like guess it. pretty good. Yeah. It's a B plus. Yeah. It's not amazing. It's pretty good. The, that guy's in everything. They Pascal do that. It's like, the, it's like the, the guy from <laughs> Ex Machina or whatever. I mean, he's like in every damn movie. He's like in uh, Blue Moon I'm watching Night. Mandalorian as well, you know, and, um, yeah, those two guys yeah. and the guy, the guy who was like, he, he was in the new star Wars and he was in, uh, Ex Machina and he was in, um, he's in Moon Knight. I mean, he's every, they have that moment, right? They have that like moment. The, it, the it actor. It's like kind of boring. Yeah. Man, that guy again. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad, but it's like every, every movie. Um, yeah, so we're watching yeah. the girls. The girls and I are watching that. Sandy does, does zero interest, so we watch that together. Another thing they sucked me into is you. Have you seen that one? 
I have I've seen it and it's it's intrigued me, but I haven't gotten. Yeah, it's into okay. It. It's pretty good. Haven't it's, looked. It's it's it's, okay. it's pretty. We're on like season three. I mean, I didn't watch the first season, so I've just watched last season with them and stuff. So I'd give that a. And I told you we're watching Shrinking, which is um, yeah, it says Harrison Ford and some other people. It's pretty good. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's a Shrinking's good. I wouldn't say it's awesome. Yeah. I give it a, I give it a B plus, BB plus. I mean, I think I like it less than the other two, but. Sandy likes it, so there you go. Harrison Ford is he, he plays a good good role. That the the writer of it's a guy called Brett Silverstein, mm-hmm. I think. He he also is the writer of um Ted Lasso. Did you did you watch Ted mm-hmm. Lasso? Sandy really likes it. It's uh, uh, the, gir- the girls just love it because because he's he's all about like um like these sort of guys who who are like shut down, you know, emotionally stern. But every now and again, you can sort of see see that they've got yeah, some soft kinda, sides they're kind of woke <laughs> they got kind of woke sensibility which is a little annoying <laughs> but uh it's um it's pretty good but so you don't have any recommendation yeah. no movies nothing um i've been watching a lot of stuff but i, I would i haven't really noted nothing it down. great if, if there's I nothing that's sticking in your yeah. head is awesome yeah, yeah. all really. right well we get next show that's it man yeah all right that's a wrap we're out